0: The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets. Our pins have character. A new time, some new friends,
1: and hope. Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery has blasted off, and now, literally, is where no Star Trek show has gone before. What will Michael Burnham and the rest of the Discovery crew find as they have jumped 930 years into the future? Well, let's find out. Welcome back, and welcome aboard, everyone. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek. Welcome, one and all, to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe companion, presented by Fansets. 18 months. 18 long months. It may not be 930 years, but man, does it sure feel like it. That's how long it's been since we last talked about Star Trek Discovery and the Season 2 finale, Such Sweet Sorrow, Part 2. In an effort to defeat Control in Section 31, Michael Burnham and the crew of the Discovery jumped almost 10 centuries into the future to prevent the annihilation of every life form in the galaxy. Now as Season 3 opens, we find Michael stranded and alone on a strange planet where things are certainly not as she expected them to be. As always, this is the premiere podcast for the most in-depth discussion and analysis about the Season 3 premiere of Star Trek Discovery entitled, That Hope That Is You, Strange New Worlds, Strange New Friends, And strange new enemies all came at Michael, from every direction as she realizes that the discovery may never get to the same planet and the same time that she landed in. You know, I could go on and on. There's just so much to talk about and so many questions about what to expect this season. I'm just going to need to bring in my trusted podcast partner to help me stay on point because I can Ramble. This guy is special, people. Maybe I should try and capture him and bring him to a protected planet since he truly is one of a kind. He's my very special friend, my brother in Trek, and my amazing number one. He is Bill Smith. Bill, buddy, we have been waiting for this one for a long time.
0: We're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we are. So, uh, by saying you want to put me in a special place to protect me, is that mean you want to put me in a zoo?
1: You said it. I didn't.
0: <laughs> it's going to be back, buddy. Uh, I'm psyched to be talking Star Trek Discovery, like you said, for the first time in 18 months. It's uh, It's been a long road getting oh from there to here. Mm, thank yeah. you. That was great. That was brilliant. Wrong thank show. You. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> and Dana, uh, I don't know if you know this, but you and I are not alone this season. We are shaking things up, just like they're doing on Star Trek Discovery. We're excited to introduced two permanent co-hosts on the podcast who will rotate duties each and every week you've heard her recently on our coverage of star trek lower decks as well as on her own podcast right here on the trek geeks podcast network rewind we welcome sarah to our coverage of star trek discovery and sarah it's good to have you here
2: it's so good to be here thank you so much
1: you know, we had such a great time uh, doing lower decks with, mm-hmm. with you and Casey, Sarah, that we said, we got to keep it going. We got to keep them on discovering Trek because it just seems to work. And it only made sense to have you first because you were the gel that kept us together during lower decks. So, uh, I'm glad you're here because we're going to need that help. So. So we're very excited. (laughs)
2: That was the gel that kept together. I should have had my own decon chamber moment then.
1: (laughs) Oh, you brought that back. Okay. (laughs) Well, Sarah and Bill, we're so excited to be back to talk Discovery Season 3. We've got a lot of things to talk about in regards to the season premiere. uh, But we always want to hear from our listeners about their thoughts. So Bill, how can they get in touch with us for what they thought of That Hope
0: is You, Part 1?
1: Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secure Channel.
0: Well, you know, it's good to be back after 18 long months, and we definitely want to hear your thoughts on Star Trek Discovery's third season. It's really easy to get in touch with us and become part of the conversation. On Twitter and Facebook, all you have to do is search for Discovering Trek. We welcome your comments, your questions, or perhaps your theories on what we might see in Season 3 of Discovery. If voicemail is more your thing, you can head to our website at trekgeeks.com and click on the big blue button. Remember, though, that any comments you leave us might be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. Dan.
1: Thank you, Bill. Black alert. Black alert. From here on in, this episode of Discovering Trek contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched the season premiere of Star Trek Discovery, stop listening right now. Head on over to CBS All Access or wherever you watch Discovery. Watch the latest episode, then head back on over to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that puts you at risk to find out plot developments and character details for That Hope Is You, Part 1.
0: Episode 301 of Star Trek Discovery, That Hope Is You, Part 1, is written by Michelle Paradise and Jenny Lumet and Alex Kurtzman, and directed by Ola Tunde Osunsanmi. Arriving 930 years in the future, Burnham navigates a galaxy she no longer recognizes while searching for the rest of the USS Discovery crew. Originally released on October 15th, 2020, it is the season premiere of Discovery's third season. Trainees,
1: to the briefing room. So, Bill and Sarah, here we are. We're gathering in the briefing room, as we will do every single week. To start things off, we're going to get our high-level thoughts. And, you know, we used um, a uh, thumbs-up, thumbs-down Uh, previously on discovering trek and then we use pips on lower deck so let's mix it up we can use whatever we want i'm just going to throw it out there you can use pips you can use thumbs but we want to get your your yes or no on this episode and sarah we will start with you
2: all right i'm going to go with thumbs i'm going to give it two thumbs up absolutely um for me when a show comes back after a long time expectations are high and this episode did not disappoint
1: Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I'm gonna give it a two thumbs up as well. I wasn't sure what to expect in this first episode and it did not disappoint in the slightest. A whole run of emotions and I thought it was fantastic built.
0: Uh, absolutely a uh, two thumbs up. This is a good solid episode, which both conveys Discovery's new direction and and also the uncertainty of everything that they're finding. So uh, I thought it was great
1: it real it really was great and there's a lot of different things that we can talk about in this episode of course we're probably not going to hit them all but there were some things that we did want to discuss and and it's funny i was watching the episode for the third third time um today with my wife before we came up and and recorded and one of the things that i found interesting was when burnham crash lands on the planet and she asks the um uh, the the computer uh if there's life anywhere and the computer says yes, and she starts screaming, freaking out. I'm like, why is she so excited about that? She doesn't know if it's Discovery. She doesn't know if they're aliens or enemies or whatever. And, of course, because my wife is way smarter than I am, she's excited because life hasn't been extinguished from control. So the mission right. was a success. And that was something – it took me three times to watch it, um, but that made me – really excited to watch that reaction bill from her
0: oh absolutely you know it's it, it's a very subtle and sublime moment to some extent but when she lets loose with all that joy it's because uh, she's literally saved everything and she, she even says so later on when she's a uh, when she's dosed with the truth serum <laughs> which I use in air quotes um, but but yeah the fact that there's any life it means that what she did worked and that right. and, and that everybody else gets to go on, which is is pretty amazing.
1: Of course, the very first life that we see on that planet were a couple of bugs. And one of them had a little snack out of the other one, which I thought was, was kind of funny. That's just me. Anyway, Sarah, uh, one thing that also was very important to note right in the opening moments of this scene, when she crash lands, she sends the red angel suit back up to the wormhole to send that seventh signal. So in effect, they're really closing the book on season two for good, wouldn't you say?
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is brand new territory out with the old and with the new.
1: Yeah. it's it, Bill?
0: I appreciated that they did that so early on because it ties to the moment in Such Sweet Sorrow Part 2 where Pike and Spock and number one, see that seventh signal. Um, and plus that means the suit's no longer in play. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and she said a self destruct too. So, I mean, it's really not in play. So, <laughs> uh, it makes me wonder a whole bunch of things in the scope of this new Star Trek universe. Uh, like how Philippa Giorgio's is going to get back to Section 31 for a Section 31 <laughs> series. But that's neither here nor there.
1: Right. The other thing that I thought was interesting was uh, we speculated last se- last season on Discovering Trek, Bill, about whether we would see Burnham's mother ever again. And I'm kind of thinking with what we saw with the Red Angel suit in the opening moments of this premiere, I don't think we're going to see her again. Do you? Or
0: well, at least not till we get to Terralisium, if we get to Terralisium. Yeah, um, because that's apparently not where we're at. So um, <laughs> I guess I, I guess we'll have to see what happens.
1: Yeah, it'll. It, it, and that's one of the good things about the next we got 12 episodes to see what happens. So we got a lot in store in the season. Of course, we're introduced with a new character, Sarah, not a new character, Sarah, but a new character, comma, Sarah. And that's uh, and that's book. Um, and I got to tell you, I have some things to say about Book later on, but uh, what were your first thoughts about Book and what were your thoughts about how the dynamic between Book and Burnham was?
2: Um, I definitely found the character of Book to be very interesting to me. I love a good anti-hero, scoundrel, good guy, you don't really know, you just want to make sure that you're on their good side. And that's what I felt with uh, the character of Cleveland Book and the cat. I mean, I love it. I think, I think he was a great character and I think that there's so much between the two of them that's unsaid they can already seem to be talking without talking i find there's a dynamic there there's Mm -hmm. mistrust but trust it's just a really the the two of them together have chemistry and i felt that it came out even in the first like scenes with them it was great
1: absolutely and grudge actually has his own twitter account now did you know that (laughs)
2: I'm signing up to follow.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Bill, uh, Sarah just mentioned it, and it's one of the things that I was going to talk about later, but I'll talk about it now. When I first saw book, I got a Han Solo vibe. Yeah. And that really came true when he kind of, you know, let her out to pasture so to speak when he told her that the communications array was that way but no that you're going to get arrested now because i sent you to the vault that was a very scoundrel piratey moment for me and i'm like okay is this guy really going to be a bad guy we certainly find out later that he is a good guy and his heart is definitely in the right place
0: well it's interesting because you know there's a little bit of that star wars vibe in the open of this episode with the uh, the chase with cosmo chasing book ship and and just book being a bit scoundrel in, in the first place is kind of gives that Han Solo vibe, kind of like you said. The fact that he's really part activist, uh, part uh, humanitarian, part you know uh, save other species, and part scoundrel really adds an interesting quality. Yeah. He's like uh, Starfleet with another Starfleet rules. Um, he kind of gets to play on a different playing field, which is kind of cool. And I I hope that that's going to lead to some conflict between he and Burnham, or at least more conflict, because I really like the way those two characters pair together.
1: I thought that the the addition of that activist thing, first of all, it was completely unexpected. Um, I liked how they teased us that he had something in his cargo, but we weren't going to know what it was. And then when we did find out I was like, okay, is this a good thing or a bad thing? It turns out to be a very good thing in the best of ways with what he's doing. Another another reason why Star Trek always is is um, right up front with with issues of the time. I mean, we're constantly dealing with. I, I was starting to think of the uh, the show with the, the the people that go out and try to save the whales uh, every year with the, uh, the the Sea Shepherd. I think the name of the ship is that used to be on Discovery Channel, um, always trying to save endangered species, and that that came to my mind, but. Um, as this episode unfolds, and I'll, I'll I'll now go back to you, Sarah, as we usually go back and forth, um, we find out that this is, you know, it's 930 years in the future, and something bad's happened, and they call it the burn. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's going to be very interesting, and I'd like to get your thoughts on if we get more detail about what happened. We know that something happened, all the dilithium, as Book said, simply went boom. And that, of course, Mm -hmm. caused the Federation to fracture and crumble over time. So um, Mm -hmm. what are your initial thoughts about the burn?
2: Um, I I was horrified, obviously. I mean, it's Starfleet. And you always want to think that Starfleet's always going to be there. So to think that there's a chance that it might not be because of this this event that happened it's i don't know what to think i hope we get more information i want a lot of information i want a whole movie about it but i don't want a movie about it because i don't want to see it happen but i think it's a great um it's a it's a great way to just change up the story and give us something new to follow
1: you have to really hand it bill to the writers because this is something that where did this even come from let's get rid of all the dilithium in the universe so so theoretically now the the ability to use warp drive is extremely limited if not gone altogether because there are dilithium fragments that's what they use that's what they trade for in the requiem um but you know what used to take minutes to get to another solar system would now take decades i this obviously is the major reason why there's no longer a federation and and I'm, I'm perplexed. Uh, How's this, how this going to get fixed? That's the first thing that popped into my mind.
0: Uh, my reaction is not perplexed. In this, in this episode, this is the one piece I had a real problem with because this strikes me as the dumbest idea ever. This is equivalent to saying that everybody's car battery in the world exploded all at the same time or around the same time, that they destabilized to that point and everybody's car went boom. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it incredibly hard to believe I would have had a much easier time believing if they had said, oh, we mined all the dilithium to its its extinction. For want of a better word, there's no more. And that's what caused the Federation to to fracture and collapse. That would have made much more sense to me because it's a non-renewable resource, or at least we could have learned that it was. But this idea that all of a sudden uh, everything that had to lithium just sort of went boom one day really strikes me as just weak. I, I've, unless they, they put some real context around this and tell us yep. what really happened right now, my first reaction is that's incredibly lame.
1: Okay, so basically you're giving that a sick burn. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. That was yeah. terrible. Uh, that was very bad. Um, I have one other major thing that I want to talk about, but I'm going to save that for last. The last question that I have for each of you is, we didn't see Discovery at all this week, and I know that there have been people online that have been really complaining about that. Sarah, were you upset that we didn't see Discovery this week at all? No, I wasn't. Bill? I- oh, nope. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah.
2: No, no, I mean, save it for later
0: okay, <laughs> oh, all right, bill I'm going to say no, not at all, because uh, if you remember season one, we didn't see discovery till episode three yeah. um so I, I have no problems not seeing the discovery this week because who knows what that means in the scope of the story
1: it makes perfect. it made perfect sense to me actually i love f- I actually like the fact that we didn't see discovery this episode was about Michael getting somewhere and what she needs to do to be able to survive and realize what she needs to do next and I think a lot of times if she's on if she's on some planet in some time and then we have discovery that whether it's on that planet a different planet or in the same time or a different time going back and forth is just going to cause you know people to break down a and b and c stories and I thought it was great to focus solely on one thing this week so I really liked it um but the thing that I loved and, Bill, I'll start with you because you and I have had a couple of discussions about this over the over the last several days. Meeting up with Starfleet and the Federation liaison when Burnham walked into that office and they had that discussion and they raised that flag. Talk about that for a second and what you thought.
0: I got to tell you, that was probably the most intense and most moving part of the whole episode. Um, you know, Aditya Sahil wakes up the same way every day. You know, his bird wakes him up, his little hollow bird, and he gets in the shower and he cleans his teeth and his bed turns into the desk or whatever that is with the, with the, the funky matter stuff. (laughs) And he's been doing the same thing for 40 years, hoping that somebody would just come around and say, Hey, I'm from Starfleet. And, uh, and for him to actually get that moment, you know, where his hope finally pays off after all that time was just really intense and I just I thought it was it's probably in my favorite moments of all of Discovery so far and I know that's a bold statement but it was such a a small moment and by small I mean very few characters um but it it really was resonant for the for the whole episode I
1: 100% agree it was my favorite moment of the whole episode and and the the chemistry between the actors was great everything about that that scene from its beginning to end was so well done the musical score uh the direction by mr osin the everything was great the lighting um the, the slow motion when it needed to be in slow motion i just i just really appreciated that sarah was that your favorite scene of the episode as well uh and if so why and if not why
2: um, Absolutely. When you say that it was one of your favorite moments of discovery, I would take it further and put it in my top five for Star Trek in general. Um, I'm, I'm not one of those people who gets very emotional over TV shows and movies. And that scene brought tears to my eyes. It was beautifully done. It was beautifully acted. It is essential, like essentially what Starfleet and Star Trek is uh, to me. Um, And I just I absolutely loved it. It was the best part of the episode by far.
1: It's one of the things that I liked about this scene is that it brought – we saw so many different things. At the beginning, we saw the great special effects with this huge um, star base that is basically in tatters everywhere. And then we get just the human emotion between two actors um, basically opening up to each other as total strangers. And that really is the hope that we all look for, I think. Mm -hmm. I I thought it was just magnificent. Mm -hmm. Well, we've reached that moment of discovering Trek where we welcome back a special segment – it's the time where we take a moment to pause and reflect on those that we've lost in this week's episode of Star Trek: Discovery. It's the somber and reflective part of our show, but we feel it's the least we can do for those who have paid the ultimate price. We like to call it the red shirt roll call. He's dead, Jim. He's dead, Jim. He's dead, Jim. He's dead, Jim. He's dead Jim. So, Bill, uh, this is a segment that we've looked forward to over the first two seasons of Discovery, if you want to call death and destruction a, a good thing. But um, it's, it's back this season, and we weren't disappointed this week, were we? <laughs> you
0: know, uh, there were there were entire weeks in seasons one and two where we didn't have anybody for the Red Shirt Roll Call. <laughs> and, and and this week, Dan, I don't know if we have enough bottles to pour one out for all of the entries on the Red Shirt Roll Call so we're going to condense this as much as we can. First off, we say goodbye to an undetermined number of persons at Requiem who were shot with all kinds of newfangled weapons. I mean, that was pretty funky. <laughs> fun stuff. So fun, fun stuff. Wait, did I really just say fun stuff in the red shirt roll call? That's not <laughs> yeah. um Also, we bid a fond farewell and adieu to a few of the security type guys from Re- Requiem who were pursuing Burnham and Book. Made it all the way there to the beach. That didn't turn out so well for them. Yummy. Uh, One guy got (laughs) eated, and um, that was not fun. Uh, Ultimately, though, and here's the thing that concerned Justin, because we don't really know the scope of this yet. Um, But in the conversation between Book and Burnham, they said pretty much all the dilithium everywhere went boom. So this means that at some point, we could be standing here with mouths agape at the number of people we've lost. Because at some point, it could mean pretty much Starfleet like yeah. a body count in the tens of thousands. And I'm afraid that's probably what we're in store for, but there's no way to sure to be sure. So for now, we're going to say it's like a lot. Like a lot. Like a lot. Wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Like a lot. Well, that's a lot of drinking, um, but <laughs> yes. we're going to raise a glass of synthahol as we say goodbye, goodbye to those that we lost in this, this week's red shirt roll call. Folks, we want to take a moment to thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of Discovering Trek.
2: Not only are they an amazing small business, but we are thrilled to announce that they will be with us all season long as our presenting sponsor. Whether it's Star Trek, or Scooby-Doo, or Harry Potter, or a whole ton of other franchises, Fansets has always put out superior products, and we are honored to announce that we will keep this amazing relationship going throughout Season 3 of Discovery here on Discovering Trek.
0: You can purchase the Star Trek Discovery Lieutenant Bryce Micro Crew pin, as well as the Women of Trek Hoshi Sato pin from Star Trek Enterprise right now on fansets.com. And of course, finally, you can pre order your very own Star Trek Voyager collector set commemorating the 25th anniversary of our favorite Delta Quadrant stranded crew. Say that 10 times fast. 11 pins and a backer board and a black frame, all for the lowest price ever for a fansets collector set at just $180.
1: That's awesome, man. In addition to all of that, you can now pre-order the Lower Dex Delta set. Yep, that's right. The Lower Decks full-size badge pin, the magnet-based badge, and the mini badge are all available to pre-order right now at fansets.com, and they're going to be shipped out by the end of November. And of course, we're thrilled to continue this amazing relationship with Fanset. And that relationship means that you get to save money each and every week with our special Discovering Trek discount code. Just head on over to fansets.com and put a whole bunch of stuff in your cart gift certificates, pins, clasps, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and when you're checking out, enter the special discount code Discovering Trek. That's Discovering Trek in all capital letters with no spaces. You enter that code and you're going to get 15% off your entire order. And don't forget, that for our U.S. customers, you're going to get free shipping if you spend $30 or more.
2: Awesome. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of Discovering Trek.
1: Of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, his was the most human The Star Trek has always been a reflection of our times, and in this segment, we like to take a look at what this episode helped us to discover about our very own humanity, or perhaps even what it tells us about ourselves. And Sarah, as this is your first uh, humanity segment and sensor analysis here on Discovering Trek, we're going to start with you.
2: Oh boy, no pressure though. This is great. No. <laughs> I definitely don't want to take away from the title of the episode, but I'm going to. This episode to me was about hope and the ability of people to hold on to it for days, years, and even decades. Humanity has faced challenges. We continue to face challenges and will always face challenges. But if you push through, you're patient and you keep hold of your hope and your unwavering faith, maybe things might turn out how you'd like. The final scene especially stood out to me in this episode, as we already talked about. Uh, it was it was beautiful. It was full of everything you want when someone holds out hope that long and i think that it's something that everybody needs right now is to have that proof that if you really give it all of your time and effort you might just get what you want
1: very nice yeah you know at the beginning of this episode we see the federation liaison aditya shahil going through the same routine day in and day out and although we had no idea at the time what he was doing, after the episode, I actually found myself thinking about that opening scene of the rebooted Battlestar Galactica show when a representative of Caprica was at a neutral site waiting for the Cylons to appear and did that for 40 years with nobody ever showing up, and then they did. But this version of that kind of scene was everything that Star Trek is and everything that it means. This man is the hope in the episode title, That Hope Is You, I think. Uh, He says to Burnham that she is his hope, but I think it's the other way around. He's the hope for Burnham, knowing that something so bad happened to the Federation. She needed something to help steer her on a course of action, and seeing this man living every day, working to find someone from the Federation, shows that the human drive has survived, um, and I thought it was magnificent. Uh, he is the hope in all of us. He's what we should strive to be. We, not, we need now more than ever to never let go of hope because like him, hope is sometimes the only thing we have left. And the other quick thing I want to say in regards to this week's episode is book. And we talked about it a little bit uh, in one of our other segments about the fact that he is risking his life on a regular basic basis to save endangered species. To know that that type of person exists in the future, so far in the future in the Star Trek universe, brings a smile to my face and a warm feeling in my heart, Bill.
0: Uh, Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, 40 years. That's how long Federation liaison Aditya Sahil sat at his desk and waited and hoped and persevered. He was willing to lead a solitary existence and repeat the same routine every single day in the hopes that someone, anyone, who believed the same things that he did would walk through that door. Aditya Sahil assumed the role because he had hope and he stayed and stayed and stayed because he had faith. Sahil is all of us. He's every Star Trek fan that hopes for a brighter tomorrow. He's every human on the planet that wants this world to not be sick and to not spread a potentially deadly virus. He's the voice of a people who are weary, be it because of the restrictions placed in a global pandemic, the illness of a loved one, be it friend or family, or even because of a national election. Aditya Sahil is the hope and faith in all of us. We were told that last season of Star Trek Discovery was an examination of faith versus science, and if the season premiere is any indication, this year seems to be an examination of hope and faith rewarded after perseverance. At least, I hope it is.
2: Commendation,
1: palm leaf of Axanar peace mission, grand kite order of tactics, class of excellence, franteris ribbon of commendation. Okay, people. So I'm time for some awards. Uh, it's Starfleet commendations time. Let's see what you picked this week to receive your Starfleet commendations. Bill, let's start with you, man.
0: Oh, ooh, I get to go first. This is awesome. Yeah, doesn't um, happen often. I, I don't I often go in the same order my notes are in. So I usually, <laughs> I usually jump around and cherry pick. Uh, first off, I have to go with David Ajala. I really dig this character of book. He's an activist and a true believer, and he also is hope. And I think he's played beautifully. Ajala is fantastic, and he really gives books some great nuance, which I love. And then, I mean, I, we can't talk about this entire episode and not throw out a commendation to Adil Hussain. His performance of, of Sahil in this week's episode is so moving and so emotional. The moment when his faith is rewarded after those 40 years is just truly just so touching, and it moved me to tears as well. I get that actors give us what's on the page, but this was so much more than just that. This moment was pure, unadulterated Star Trek and was one of my favorite moments in all of Discovery so far, like I said. And then finally, I have to say, uh, SMG gets my, my last commendation. <laughs> I am so glad to have Saniqua Martin-Green back as Michael Burnham. It's been far too long. This character gets to operate on a completely different level and Saniqua just shines here. But then when doesn't she, guys? When doesn't she?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting that you said that you were also moved to tears. All three of us were moved to that to tears in that yeah. scene and I think that in sh- that shows how Important that scene was, and I know that Twitter has exploded with people that said that it was their favorite scene as well. Um, now I know that everyone, and Bill, we just heard from you, was going to be giving a commendation to Saniqua Martin Green. Um, so I'm going to leave her for later. For me, my highest commendation goes, like you said, uh, (laughs) to to Mr. Hussein uh, as Sahil. He perfectly bookends this episode. At the beginning, we see him and have no idea what he's doing or what he's up to. And at the end, he's the shining high point of the episode as the Federation flag is once again unfurled for the galaxy. It was an amazing performance, and I really hope we get to see him again. Um, Okay, Saniqua, I said it. Who wouldn't list her in this week's performance? I was especially moved by her acting at the beginning of this episode after she crash-landed. All of those emotions, high and low, the frustration, the hope that she was wearing on her sleeve for all of us to see. Even her drug-induced rambling was hilarious, and her fight scenes were top-notch, especially that one on the shore uh, with Book. Um, And speaking of Book, my last commendation this week is going to, like Bill did, is going to go to David Ajala. I wasn't sure what to make of him at first as we talked about earlier i thought he was cool but i had that han solo vibe and and i kind of had a feeling he was going to do something to show that he wasn't everything he claimed to be and he did just that but then he came back and i think that this character is going to be a strong addition to the cast and um sexual tension much burnham and book and i'm just going to leave it right there sir <laughs>
2: Well, now that I've realized that Bill goes by SMG, OMG, it's SMG. I (laughs) give full number one, everything goes to Sinequa for this episode. You know, I was, I am still a huge fan of The Walking Dead. And I loved her on it. She was fantastic. And when she left, I was devastated. And then when I found out about Star Trek, I was like, oh, but sometimes you just get used to somebody as another character. And she's so talented that I see her as Michael 100%. And this episode is why I said earlier that I was okay with the Discovery crew not showing up because she carried it and she carried it well. And I... She could be in a plain beige room writing out a grocery list, and I will be captivated by her. She's fantastic. So she's my number one this week. But I have to say on a side note, Adil Hussein, if I don't see him again, I'm going to throw a hissy fit. <laughs> Full on <laughs> truth, because he was fantastic. You see him in the beginning, you don't know what's going on, you're completely lost. And luckily, they don't make us wait. We get the answer in the episode about who this man is and what he has sacrificed. And it was so well played. And I'm so excited for more. And I hope we get lots.
1: I'm going to love if we
0: see him again and he's got his Starfleet badge on.
2: Oh, imagine. That's
0: going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. That would be incredible. I hope that he goes with them to some extent. Mm. I mean, now that he's, he's found a Starfleet ship. I mean, because he has no idea they have a spore drive and can jump to wherever the other Starfleet ships are. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, So he can be a part of Starfleet and not just sit behind that desk all the time.
1: Right. One of the things, Bill, that we talked about last season a few times, and I don't know if criticism is the right word, but it is something that we talked about from time to time, is that sometimes Michael started crying too much. in in scenes where we didn't know if it really was, you know, the right time to be and, you know, Starfleet officer and this, that, and the other thing. And I got to say, watching the emotion that we saw from her, this one episode wiped out all those criticisms
0: from last season. Well, see, I, I, they weren't our criticisms. Yeah. let's be clear about that because I I've said all along, I, I don't think she's cried too much. This is a human that was raised by Vulcans and have had, has had to live with some degree of repression her whole life. And she's experiencing a, a range of emotions um, to, to their fullest degree for the first time, including love, because she'd never mm-hmm. been in love before season one, uh, including loss, um, because she never really experienced that either. Um, and I understand that there was a lot to be emotional about. Now, uh, she just saved everybody. I think Everything, that uh, yeah. she's entitled to all the joy in the world, and, uh, and good for her.
2: Long range scan of planet complete.
1: So episode one, we now have an idea, maybe of what happened with the burn I'm sure we're going to get more details later on but what's next for Discovery people uh, Bill let's get your long range scan
0: well let's give a little history here because this is uh, episode one <laughs> of season three in the past we, we've we done the long range scan and I think I've been right twice in 29 episodes of Discovery I think that's I think that's my, my, my average so, right now so you're under the Mendoza line is what you're saying <laughs> yeah way <laughs> under the Mendoza line um, so, uh, my prediction for episode one is this, I, the Federation is practically non-existent for all intents and purposes and Starfleet itself is very fragmented. I think that as the season develops, we're going to find, we have some new enemies that used to be very old friends and I'm looking specifically at you Vulcans. I think we're going to find that the Vulcans are our enemies. Um, and, uh, I got nothing to, uh, I have nothing to back that up. That's just my gut feeling. That's a bold,
1: bold prediction.
0: Well, uh, if you'll remember, I make a lot of bold predictions, most of which that don't pan out. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Gabriel Lorca, anyone? Anyway, Uh,
1: uh, (laughs) Sarah, what about you? What do you got?
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, it's clear from this episode that space, in a way, just got a lot smaller due to the inability to scan long range. And it got a lot bigger in the sense that... Nothing is really known right now. So I'm anticipating that this season's going to be full of a lot of new species that we've never seen before. Definitely some old faces coming back. I'm not sure, though, when you start talking about predicting Vulcans as being bad guys. I wonder if I have somebody I want to predict to be maybe like a good guy. I'm going to have to think about that for next week. Okay. All I know yeah. is that this first episode has set us up for... So much that I can't even begin to pinpoint. Like a serious guess, I'm. I I'm wanna. I want to put something in there, and I want to win it as uh for this season.
0: Oh, we I'm were ready that way
1: once. We'll <laughs> have to get a trophy or something. Yeah. I'll, I'll tape something together. The Geller Cup. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, it's it's hard to think of what for me what might come next in this season without kind of falling back on what we've seen in the trailers, and that's kind of a cheap way to look at a long-range scan, but um, basically there's no warp capability now. So how can any former members of the Federation ever communicate with each other? We learned in this episode that long-range scanners have been knocked out for a long time. Um, Communications, obviously, is probably affected as well. It, It would take decades to reach Vulcan or Andoria or even Earth based on where Burnham appears to be, and we really have no idea where that is in the scope of the galaxy. Um, But I think Discovery's going to be able to travel to all of these worlds, because last I checked, they still have the Spore Drive um, and we know that they're going to get reunited. We've seen it in the trailers. And maybe this is, they're going to be the catalyst for getting the Federation to be reformed somehow. You know, we've seen Andorians. We've seen Lurians. It was good to see a Morn person there this week, even though he was a bad guy and almost got eaten. Um, Morn! And, and we know that we're going to see Trills at some point. So the familiar species will be there. We're going to see some unfamiliar ones, which we already have. And I think discovery is the key to getting warp, warp drive established again well here we are episode one's in the books sarah so we get to look forward to episode two um unfortunately you will not be with us for episode two so you don't have to take as many notes next week but uh what do we got coming up for next week
2: all right next week after the uss discovery crash lands on a strange planet the crew finds themselves racing against time to repair their ship Meanwhile, Saru and Tilly embark on a perilous first contact mission in hopes of finding Burnham in the second episode of the season, Far From Home. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or by heading to discoverytrek.com.
0: Plus, now you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content via Patreon. Get access to exclusive content and see the second of our annual supporters pins from fansets, as well as our exclusive Trek Geeks podcast network T-shirt, along with a whole bunch of other perks. We want to take a moment to thank uh, and recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. They are... Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Ken Bird, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Rachel Delaney, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashion.
2: If you would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or even get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com trekgeeks, where subscription levels start for as little as a dollar a month.
1: It's really good to be back here talking Discovery,
0: mm-hmm. isn't it? It really is.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's so great. I can't thank you guys enough for being here to start this 13-episode journey on. 13 weeks, oh, we're going to be oh seeing Discovery. We're in week 11 of 2020. 20- three straight weeks of new star trek amazing and it's awesome i need We're a very drink. excited I, i've got one <laughs> yes. right here oh i'm um, ready and bill if people want to tell you uh, actually both of you i'd like to find out where people can find you on twitter if they want to send you any drink recipes
0: uh well you can find me on twitter at trek geek bill and i am open to as many drink recipes as i can get sarah
2: <laughs> absolutely you can find me with at trek rewind and i might even give you a couple of recipes
1: I've got all kinds of recipes, so I'm ready to go. Um, I can be found uh, on Twitter at TrekGeekDan. Um, And that's going to do it for uh, for this week in our discussion of the season premiere, That Hope Is You, Part 1. It's a wild jump to the future, and we really look forward to bringing you the most detailed analysis of Star Trek Discovery's third season. As always, we thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to us talk about this amazing new chapter in the Star Trek universe each and every week. We wouldn't be here without your support, and we thank you so very much. And we'll be back next week to discuss Far From Home, and we hope you'll join us. But until then, here are some words of wisdom from Federation Communications Chief Sahil. Hope is a powerful thing. Our numbers are few, yet our spirit is undiminished. And until next week, never stop discovering.
2: Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.